Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Moses' last instructions as we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Deuteronomy, beginning with chapter 26. Again, it is important that we set the scene for you. Here is Moses, 120 years old. In just a few days, he's going to go up into the mountain and die. He is giving the last of the last instructions to the people of God. He's releasing the reins by which he has been guiding these people these 40 years and turning them over now unto Joshua. But Moses is sort of rehearsing for the children of Israel, again, the conditions by which they will enjoy this land. The conditions upon which God's blessings were predicated. For the children of Israel had a covenant relationship with God that revolved around the law and around their obedience to the law. And the covenant that God established with the nation of Israel was they that do them shall live by them. In other words, it was a covenant that was established in their doing and keeping the law of God. Now, Moses even predicted, as we'll get into it, their failure to keep the law. God knew that they wouldn't be able to keep it. And the failure has been predicted along with the resultant tragedies and curses that would come upon them for their failure. Now, God has established a new covenant with man that is no longer based upon the law and the keeping of the law. But when Jesus took the cup with his disciples and he gave them the cup, he said, this is a new covenant that is in my blood, which is shed for the remission of sins. So the new covenant that God has established with man is through Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. So that in this new covenant, it is my believing in that work of Jesus Christ in my behalf by which I can now enjoy all of the blessings of God. So I experience the blessings of God's grace upon my life. I experience all of these wonderful things from God, not because I'm so good and have kept so perfectly the law of God, but because I have now a new covenant relationship with God, it is through Jesus Christ and his finished work, and I simply believe in that finished work of Christ, and God imputes my faith for righteousness and blesses me. Now, if I were still living under the law, I would be just as cursed as the children of Israel became, because the law could make nothing righteous. 
It only pointed to a better covenant that was to come. So in Deuteronomy, we have the rehearsal of the covenant, and, and it's the establishing of the covenant whereby you come into the land, you obey these things, and over and over you'll notice that he's, he's pointing out obedience to the commands, obedience to the statutes, obedience, obedience, obedience. And if you obey, then this blessing will be yours. You'll be blessed, blessed, blessed. But if you disobey, then curse. And I think there are more curses than there are blessings. Now, I thank God that I can relate to God in the new covenant in Jesus Christ, and thus I have been blessed and am blessed by God. Not for any righteousness that I have done or not for any righteousness that I have, because that isn't the basis by which I am relating to God. I'm relating in that new covenant. I am simply believing in Jesus Christ to wash me and cleanse me of all of my sins and to work in me his work of love as I submit my life to him, that he might give to me the power and the capacities to live a life that is pleasing unto the Father. So as we get into chapter 26, he first of all speaks to them about when you come into the land, and you begin to gather the fruit of the land, the first fruits of the land. Now, they weren't really to gather anything for themselves till the third year. They were to plant, but just let it go until the third year, and then they would begin to reap. But when you gather together your harvest, then you are to bring before the Lord, actually, the first of all of the fruit of the earth which thou shalt bring in thy land to the Lord thy, that the Lord thy God gives to thee, and thou shalt put it in a basket and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name. And you're to go in there, and you're to profess that day unto the Lord thy God that I am come into the country which the Lord swear to my fathers. And so... You're now to bring the first fruits of the land. You're to give them to God, and you're to confess, I am now in the land that God had promised. The acknowledgement of the faithfulness of God to keep his promise because God had promised to Abraham that he would give him this land. So now you're in the land. Bring the first fruits to God and profess. Make the confession, God did keep his promise. Then interestingly, in verse 5, And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian ready to perish was my father. He went down to Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became a nation great, mighty, and populous. And so speaking of Jacob, calling him a Syrian, who went down to Egypt with just a few, and yet, while in Egypt, in that 400-year period of time, God made them a great nation. And God brought them out, spoiling the Egyptians. And you're to, you're to rehearse, actually, God's great work in bringing you out and bringing you into the land that flows with milk and honey out of the bondage of Egypt into the blessings of God. And now bringing, I bring the first fruits unto God of this glorious land that he has given to us. 
And in verse 11, thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. Again, here's the commandment where God is commanding them to rejoice. God wants a happy people. And God's people should be a happy people. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. And what kind of a witness is it to God if his people are always depressed and down and sour and dour? God wants you to be a rejoicing people. And in verse 12, when thou hast made an end of the tithing of all of the tithes of your increase in the third year, which is the year of tithing, and you've given it to the Levites and so forth, thou shalt say to the Lord, before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of my house and given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widows. I have not transgressed the commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten of my, thereof in my mourning, neither have I taken aught thereof for unclean use, nor given aught for the dead. And thus he goes on with this Again, acknowledgement that God has brought them into the land that flows with milk and honey. And you must avouch the Lord this day to be thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments, his judgments, and to hearken to his voice. All right, again, at this point, you're to swear that God is your God, actually, that Jehovah is your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and all. And for the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people who are obeying, actually, his commandments. And to make thee high above all nations, which he hath made in praise, and in name and in honor. In chapter 27, when you come into the land, you're to take these stones and you're to build a tower and you're to plaster it. And then you're to write on the plaster of the tower the words of the law when you've passed over into the land that God has given to you. Therefore it shall be when you have gone over Jordan, verse 4, that ye shall set up these stones which I command you this day in Mount Ebal. Thou shalt plaster them with plaster, and thou shalt build an altar unto the Lord thy God, an altar of stones, and thou shalt not lift any iron tool upon them. Thou shalt build an altar to the Lord thy God of whole stones, and thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord thy God. And thou shalt offer peace offerings, and thou shalt eat there and rejoice before the Lord thy God. Thou shalt write upon the stones all of the words of this law very plainly. So they were to build this altar, but they were not to, they were not to carve the stones. They were not to cut the stones. They were to use just whole stones. No tool was to come upon them. Now, when God first commanded the building of altars, they were to be built just out of earth. It is interesting that when they made a place of worship for God, 
God's desire that the place that they make for the worship of God be simple and natural. God did not want them building ornate places of worship. Why? Because when you come into an ornate place of worship, your mind is drawn to the ornateness of the place and you begin to glory in its architecture or in the fine carvings or in the beauty of the place itself. But God wants you, when you come to worship him, not to be distracted, to stand in awe of gorgeous architecture or whatever, but that your place of worship be just a simple place that does not attract attention to itself, but allows you to give your full attention unto the Lord to worship him. And thus stones, don't carve them, don't cut them off, don't smooth them out, just whole stones to make the altar. And then on Mount Ebal to place these stones in a pile to plaster the pile and write upon this plaster the law of God there on Mount Ebal, and then to bring burnt offerings and peace offerings. Now, if you remember your lessons out of Leviticus, you'll remember that the burnt offerings were the offerings of consecration. It is the symbolizing of the consecrating of my life to God. The peace offerings were the offerings of communion, my desire to fellowship with God and to commune with God. And so the two offerings, the burnt offering, and that is the consecration and communion with God. Now, up on top of Mount Gerizim, certain of the tribes were to stand and to pronounce the blessings upon the people. And on Mount Ebel, other tribes were to stand and pronounce the curses. And so on Mount Gerizim, verse 12, to bless the people, the tribe of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. On Mount Ebel, to curse the people, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice. Now, here's, here's the picture. When you are in the valley of Shechem, you have on your left-hand side Mount Gerizim. It rises probably 2,000 feet above the valley. And on the right-hand side, you have Mount Ebel rising about 2,000 feet above the valley. So here you have the valley of the area of Shechem with these two mountains on either side. So the vast multitude of Israel standing in this valley and up on the top of Mount Gerizim, these men from these tribes that we read off are calling out the blessings of God that shall come upon you for obedience. On the other Mount Ebel, as you're in the valley, you're hearing these guys cry the curses 
for those that disobey the laws of God. And so it must have been a very awesome kind of an experience, one that would really implant itself quite deeply in your mind as you realize the blessings and the cursings. As God said, I've set before you today a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey, a curse if you disobey. So these are the curses that were then pronounced. Cursed is the man that makes any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and puts it in a secret place, and all of the congregation shall say, Amen. So after each one of these curses, they'd have to cry out, so be it. You know, just sort of accepting, you know, all right, judgment, so be it. And so the various curses that were cried out from this area and the people acknowledging the rightness of the curses as you go through the remainder of chapter 27. And as you come into chapter 28, it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently, you see the conditions. If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments. You get this over and over again because this was the condition of the covenant whereby they could have this land and dwell there. This was the condition of God's blessings. It was the obedience to the commandments of God that God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of your cows your flocks, your sheep. Blessed will you be your basket and store. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against thee to be smitten before your face. And they shall come out against thee one way and flee from thee seven ways. And the Lord will command the blessings upon thee in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand to do. The Lord will bless your land, which he gives to you, and he shall establish thee as a holy people unto himself. And the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee, and the Lord will make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season. Thou shalt lend to many nations, not borrow. The Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail. If you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God to observe them and to do them and shall not go aside from keeping these commandments. Now, again, all of the blessings that God is promising to them, conditioned upon they're keeping the commandments of God and doing them. But if it shall come to pass, if you do not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe the commandments and statutes and so forth, then cursed shalt thou be in the city and in the field. 
Cursed will be your basket and your store. Cursed will be the fruit of your body, the fruit of the land, the increase of the cows and the flocks and sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when you come in, and cursed when you go out. And the Lord will make the pestilence to cleave unto you. And the Lord will smite you with consumption. And the heaven that is over you shall be brass, and the earth shall be like iron, the drought. And the Lord shall cause thee, verse 25, to be smitten before thine enemies. And thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. Thou shalt be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And your carcass will be meat for the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and the scab and with the itch. Therefore, you cannot be healed. And the Lord will smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment and heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday. And God goes on to tell to them the curses that will come upon them if they turn away from God and begin to worship and serve other gods, the gods of the land, this is what is going to happen. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Deuteronomy on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Deuteronomy 26 through 28 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and guide your life. May the love of Christ Just fill your heart and overflow that lives around you might be touched because of what the Lord has done for you. May you be His witnesses, a testimony to others by the love of Christ that shines forth from you. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Come along on an exciting adventure as Pastor Chuck reads the story of the Ten Commandments to children. God wants us to keep the Ten Commandments, but we just can't do it. So Jesus came and did it for us. Featuring Pastor Ken Graves as the voice of God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Honor your father and your mother. And Pastor Poncha Juarez as the voice of Moses. Do not be afraid. 
Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. And so many others. No, I will not let God's people go. Oh, no. Here comes the water. Go back to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh to release my people. To order the story of the Ten Commandments book by Pastor Chuck, which comes with the audio CD as a gift, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview of the book, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.